Amen, church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We serve a great God, don't we? Amen. Absolutely. Well, good morning. Good morning. My name is Yvonne, and I am absolutely honored and privileged and blessed to be here this morning and to share the Word of God with you. And, uh, you know, last night I had this dream, and you know how it is when, like, you have someplace really important to go to, to go to in the morning? And um, so I knew I had to be here early this morning to deliver the Word, and the first service is at 8 o'clock. But I had this dream that I woke up and it was eight o'clock. And I was like so panicked and it was weird because I was like at this hotel and I was trying to like find the key for the room and to get the bag and to get my key for the car and all of that. And the next thing I knew it was like 8.30 and you know, I, I was picturing like the majors and oh my gosh, what are they doing and what are they thinking? And you know, I was so thankful when I woke up and it was like five o'clock and not 8.30. So I am super happy to be here on time. <laughs> um, and so good morning again. And you know, whoa, I can't believe that we are in the second week of February 2020. This is going so fast. And second week of February means that Valentine's Day is right around the corner. In fact, it's coming up this Friday. So Valentine's is a time when, you know, couples are celebrating love and giving each other gifts and writing nice and sweet things to each other in a card or in a note. And I was thinking there might be some of you who aren't very poetic. And so I'm going to give you some help. Here are a few mushy quotes that you can borrow from the internet to write in your card. So how about this one? See if this is you. If I had a flower for every time I thought of you, I could walk through my garden forever. <laughs> or, if you live to be 100, I want to live to be 100 minus one day so I never have to live without you. Write that one. That's going to get you points. <laughs> and then the old classic, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways. So sweet, right? Yeah. And you know, you married couples, you have taken love to the next level. Like you took the plunge, you said I do, you put a ring on it. And so I want to take this quick survey and to entice participation, I have a gift card. And so if you didn't budget to get something for your Valentine, no worries, I got your back. All you got to do is win this, all right? So... Married couples, I'm going to ask you to please stand up. And don't worry, I'm not going to like ask you to come down here or to do a dance or to kiss in front of anybody, everybody, or any of that. Yeah. I just want you to stand up right where you are, right? Um, and you know, if you're here without your spouse because he's at work like mine, then you can stand up too because your marriage counts, right? And if you're not married, it doesn't mean that today's message is not for you because you're going to learn some things and get a jump start for when you do get married, right? So everyone, wow, we got a lot of married couples. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. Engage. All right. All right. All right. Um, and so here's a stat that I want to share with you all. Um, do you know how long the average marriage lasts in the United States? 
it's 8.2 years, right? Eight point, yeah, how sad is that, right? Um, so I wanna see how many of us have beat the odds here because as Christians, we should have longevity in marriage, right? So here's the survey, all right. Um, remain standing, if you have been married for 10 or more years, remain standing, the rest of you can sit down if you're under 10 years, okay. And we're going to pray for you that you make it past that 8.2 year average. Okay? All right. Um, if you've been married for 15 years or more, stay standing. The rest of you sit down. Mm, nice, yeah. How about 20 years or more? Yeah? If you haven't been married 20 years or more, you can sit down. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, we're starting to see some spaces here, right? How about uh, remain standing if you've been married 25 years or more? Everyone else can sit down. Wow, okay, okay, yeah. How about 30 years? Okay, wow, all right. If you've been married 35 years or more, remain standing. Okay, if not, sit down. Wow, wow, well, yeah, oh, 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 oh. We're like uh, getting to the wire here. How about 40 years or more, remain standing. Everyone else sit down. Wow, wow, woohoo! Yeah, yeah. 45 years or more remain standing. Everyone else sit down. Whoa, do we just have one couple left? One couple? Two? Two? Oh, okay. All right. How about when we were at 45? How about 50 years? Fifth? How many? 50? All right, we have our winner. Woohoo! All right. So, this is your gift card. I'm going to give it to you after, okay? All right. Wow, congratulations. Oh, I'm sorry. Two, two fifty, you're 50 years as well? 50. Oh, they beat you. Okay, 52. Congratulations. Congratulations. 52 years, wow. All right. Then this is yours. Yeah, this is yours. I'm going to give it to you after, right? Because you know what, church? I always say this. Getting married is easy, right? It is staying married that takes a lot of work and a lot of love, right? So good on you. Congratulations. All right. So um, today we're going to continue in the sermon series of spiritual disciplines. And throughout the past weeks, we have studied Bible intake, prayer, serving others, and submission. Um, today we're going to look at the spiritual discipline, and our focus is going to be on stewardship. So stewardship of your marriage, stewardship of your money, and stewardship of your time. Uh, and before we begin, let me just uh, offer up a word of prayer Father, Lord, God, Jesus, good morning, Lord. We are so blessed to be in your house today, Father God, and I thank you so much. Father, we give you honor, we give you glory and praise for who you are, Father God. We thank you for life itself, that every time we wake up and open our eyes to a new day, it is a gift from you. And so, Father God, teach us, Father, today from your word. Fill us, Heavenly Father, with your Holy Spirit and your wisdom, and help us, Lord, to be disciplined, to steward this gift of life well. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So let me preface this uh, stewardship message with this. 
Um, today's message won't be about the touchy-feely, gooey stuff that we associate February and Valentine's Day with. Uh, but don't get me wrong, right? Romance with the right person, like your own spouse, is from God. He wants us to enjoy that. But like the major talked about last week, um, void of submission, you know, submission to each other and to Christ, right? That's the cross, submission to each other and to Christ. That romantic love can be very short-lived. Right, ladies? Like, you know, that silly stuff that he used to do yesterday that you thought was oh so cute, but today that very same thing like gets on your last nerve. And men, when your Wonder Woman's figure eight has doubled in size, you're left wondering, what happened? But see, marriage is so much more and so much deeper than just these superficial things. When you enter into holy matrimony, you become a steward of a marriage covenant established by God. See, it's not just a commitment that you are entering into with your bride or your groom. You are making a vow and a promise to God. Matthew 5.33 says this, You have heard it said to our people long ago, When you make a vow, you must not break your promise. Keep vows that you make to the Lord. See, church, too many people don't take vows seriously these days. Proof? Look at where America has come to in marriage. An average of 8.2 years? Like, are you kidding me? What does that say about the family unit in America? What are the implications for our children growing up? What that means is if marriages are only lasting 8.2 years, many of our children will be, will be growing up in a single parent home by the time they are teenagers. And so church, stewardship in marriage is about crucifying our selfish desires at the cross and submitting to what's good for the marriage covenant according to God's word. Are you stewarding your vows well? And if you're struggling in marriage, we have a great marriage counselor in Janie Ng. She can help you or she can find you help. So let's talk about the vows. Because when you said this vow, I promise to be true to you, to have and to hold. Church, that's about trust. Trust is a huge word. Can your spouse trust that you have and you hold their heart in a sacred place? Can they trust that their greatest fears, their worst failures, their darkest secrets and craziest dreams are safe with you? Or will tomorrow the world know about it all on social media? When you're angry, are you gonna throw it back in his or her face? Church, will you steward their heart well? Are you praying with and for your spouse? It's about for better, for worse. So you know, marriage is not always roses and candy and nice cards and kisses, right? I mean, seriously, marriage will bring out the good, the bad, and the ugly in you. You know, when you feel like throwing in the towel or walking out that door and you say, God, I just can't do this anymore. You are absolutely right. You cannot do it anymore on your own. That's why marriages are only lasting an average of 8.2 years in America. 
That's why Jesus needs to be at the center of your marriage. You know, um, in, our more, in our more reflective moments, Jerry has asked me, Vaughn, why are you so good to me? You know, inside I'm thinking, heck, if I know. <laughs> Just thank God for his grace. <laughs> but I do know why. Because it is only by the grace of God that Jerry and I have been married for 37 years. And it is because in my ugly moments, God reminds me. He says, hey girl, that's my son you're talking to. Or he says, hey girl, stop, stop yelling and go pray. For richer, for poorer. Here's another stat. Money fights are the second leading cause of divorce. And okay, I know you're all thinking, what's the first? It is infidelity. But where money is concerned, often it's not how much you make, but how well you steward what you have. See, couples, when was the last time you and your spouse actually sat down to go over your finances to establish a budget? And it's not something that you want to do on date night, but it is very necessary towards keeping harmony in the marriage. You know, I've sat with a couple who asked me to sit with them because they can't talk about their finances for even 10 minutes without getting into an argument. And I've sat with a widow who knew nothing of her financial situation because her deceased husband took care of all the finances. And I know people don't like to talk about money in church, but God talks about money in the Bible. Malachi 3.10 says this, bring the whole tithe, the tenth, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. See, church, sometimes we can get too familiar with these verses, and it doesn't have the impact on us that it should. And as I was preparing for this message, there were so many things that were convicting me. And conviction is not always a bad thing because it can bring about positive change. We can have conviction without condemnation. And for sure, I have lots and lots of room for improvement, but I have seen the faithfulness of God because of tithing and giving with a cheerful heart. You know, when I look at my children and I see how well they're all doing today, that's the faithfulness and the goodness of God. You know, I don't even have enough words to describe like how blessed I am and how much my cup runneth over. Like truly, God has opened up the floodgates of heaven. In fact, as I'm speaking here, my daughter Lena is speaking at Proside Church. They just promoted her to oversee the youth programs as they are building out their brand new youth outreach community center. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. He is faithful. And more than the material wealth, we are thankful for health, loving relationships, and quality of time together. God is so good. People, tithe. Malachi 3.10. You cannot outgive God. But I'll also share this and... Um, you know, I'm just being like really transparent here, is when I recently rev reviewed our budget and saw how we were spending our money or how we spent our money in 2019, 
compared to how much we gave towards furthering the kingdom of God to reach the lost and to help those in needs, I was, it was really an eye-opener for me, you know, and so I don't know about your credit union or your bank, but ours sends us like this nice brochure, and it breaks down the categories of how we spent our money in 2019. So when I look at this and like gas and automotive, we spent almost $5,000 in gas, and I was thinking, hmm, we could probably be more efficient in that area. And then I look at like merchandise and retail and it has like Walmart and Costco and Ross and Home Depot, right? And we spent like almost $14,000. And I'm thinking, hmm, did we really need all of that? Um, and then there's even like a page for golf, but I'm not even gonna tell you how much my husband spent there because he'll, <laughs> he'll ring me. Um, but then I printed out like what we gave to the church in tithes and offering, right? And there was just no comparison. Um, and you know, I know that I can do or we can do so much better in that arena. And church, I shared that to ask myself, what am I doing with the finances that God has entrusted me to steward for him? What does my financial statement reflect? Am I stewarding the finances that God has entrusted to me for his purposes or for my pleasures? And I'll say this, church, enjoy life for sure. But remember that we are blessed to be a blessing. So have a budget that includes giving for others. All right, the next one. In sickness and in health, until death do us part. That one is about time. You know, in October 2018, uh, Jerry had a heart attack and nearly died. And that was such a wake-up call for me. You know, all those things about him that I thought was so annoying, well, they became cute and funny again. <laughs> and maybe you're in the midst of caring for your seriously ill spouse right now. And maybe you might be this close to till death do us part. Or maybe your spouse has already been promoted to heaven. You know, it's in times like these that you'd give anything for more time together. It's like times like these that you just want one more day. God, just give us one more day, please. And you quickly come to realize how fragile and how precious life is. You come to realize what an honor it has been that God would give you his son or his daughter to steward in marriage and you no longer waste time majoring in the minor things. See, church, how you spend your time is even more important than how you spend your money. Because when you lose money, you can make it back. But when you lose time, it's gone. See, too often we get to thinking about our possessions, and we think, well, I worked for it, and I earned it, and I bought it, it's mine. I like the way that Pastor Robert Morris calls it a teenager problem. You know, those of us who uh, have raised teenagers or maybe you have a teenager now, you know exactly what I mean, right? Like when a teenager gets a bad attitude and has a sense of entitlement about stuff, how many of you have thought or said something like this? Hey, it's not your house. You live here. You eat here. You sleep here for free, by the way. But don't get it twisted, child. Your father and I own this house. It ain't yours. 
How many of us can be like teenagers in God's house with this sense of entitlement, right? Look at your neighbor and tell them, it ain't yours. You know, when the, grandki- when the, when the grandkids come over to, to our house, I love the way I hear them tell, tell the neighborhood kids with such joy, this my papa's house. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, this my daddy's house. See, just as God created Adam and Eve to steward and manage the earth, we are simply managers acting on God's behalf. Genesis 2, 15 to 17 says this, So the Lord God took the man he had made and settled him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely, unconditionally eat the fruit from every tree of the garden, but only from the tree of knowledge, recognition of good and evil, you shall not eat. Otherwise, on the day that you eat from it, you shall most certainly die because of your disobedience. See, church, the way that we steward everything that God has placed in our care shows our obedience to him. Stewardship is the commitment of yourself and your possessions to God's service. And we have to understand and accept that we do not have the right of control over our properties or ourselves. I know this is so contrary to the way our minds think today, and it may even rub some of you the wrong way, but it's from the word of God. Ephesians 5, 15 to 17 says this, So be very careful how you live. Live wisely, not like fools. I mean that you should use every opportunity you have for doing good, because these are evil times. So don't be foolish with your lives, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. Learn what the Lord wants you to do. See, here's stewardship definition simplified. Doing what God wants you to do with what he's given you. Church, it all boils down to your obedience. So as I start to close this up, I just want to give you two absolute truths about biblical stewardship. The first one is ownership. Truth is, God is the owner. Psalms 24 says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Church, everything means everything, and all means all, no exceptions. You know that house that you live in? That was built with the wood from the trees that God created. The car that you drove here was made from metal, minerals, and ore that God created. The food that you ate this morning and last night, that was created from plants and animals created by God. The money in your wallet was made from paper from trees that God created. There isn't anything on this earth that was not created by God, even you. Deuteronomy 8.18 says this, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Second truth is accountability. There will come a day of accountability. One day, each of us will be called to give an account of how we stewarded everything we have been given. Our time, our money, our relationships. There's a parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 14 to 27. I highly encourage you to read it. We don't have time to go there now, but this is the moral of that parable. It is that God expects you 
to use everything that he's given you to increase his kingdom. And Matthew 25, 29 to 30 says this, For everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given. And he will, richly, he will be richly surprised, sur supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, even what he does have will be taken away and throw out the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place of grief and torment, there will be weeping over sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth over distress and anger. And so as we end here, I'm going to call the praise and worship to come back up. You know, church, I want to say this. Um, I'm not sure why God gave me a stewardship message about marriage, money, and time. But I just want to be obedient to his direction. You know, I've heard it uh, said like this, that there's a priority in life. And the priority in life is that it would be God and then your spouse, your family, and then the church. And so I know this from studying, is that if we're going to have a healthy church, we need to have healthy families. And if we're going to have a healthy family, we need to have healthy marriages. We need to have marriages that last beyond 8.2 years. And if we're going to have marriages that last be beyond 8.2 years, it all starts with a relationship with Jesus. If Jesus is not the center of our marriage, if Jesus is not the center of our families, if Jesus is not the center of our life, this house will come tumbling down. And so church, as the praise and worship sings this song, I want us to reflect. Reflect on where you are. Reflect on your stewardship. What are you doing with all that God has given you? Your spouse, your kids, your money, your time. What is it reflecting about your relationship with Christ? And in this time, I want you to pray. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your family. If you know someone who's struggling, and it is a heavy, heavy time right now. So many are going through so much. Pray for your loved ones. You know, the altar is always open here if you want to come up front, have someone pray with you. And if you have not received Jesus Christ, do not leave this place without coming here and allowing us to lead you to Christ. Because without Christ, nothing else matters. So as they sing, pray. Father God, Father, we thank you so much for who you are, Lord. And Father... The enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Father God, I declare victory over every marriage that is struggling in this house today, Lord. Father, for those who are heavy laden, I thank you that your yoke is easy. I thank you, Lord, that they can find rest and peace and hope and even joy, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So, Father God, Jesus, we tell you to come. Come and have your way, Holy Spirit.
Father, we break the chains, Heavenly Father, of the enemy, the ploys of the enemy. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the victory that is yours. We love you, Lord. We praise you no matter the situation. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.